Welcome to the Domesticated Dude Podcast, where regular dudes have lighthearted, honest conversations about what's important to us, how we've learned or not from life lessons, and the steps we're taking to do better. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to the Domesticated Dude Podcast. I'm Logan, your host on this journey. I'm back in the saddle again. I know it's been a while since we put out a new episode. But I had an opportunity to meet with my friend Ben, and I wanted to get this out there before uh, too long. I met Ben back at home in Alaska through my friend Will, and we've kept in touch over the years. And recently, Ben has started his own barbecue business, and I thought it was important to talk to him about what that's been like going from a hobby of smoking meat to actually getting paid by people to smoke meat for them and to give them a product. Those are two completely different things. So I wanted to talk to him about that, about what it's like going from a hobby to a full-time gig. We spend a lot of time talking about some of the lessons that he's learned along the way and what he's learned about himself, about what he's good at within his business and also what he's not good at within his business and why those two things are so important when it comes to self-awareness. And that's something that can be applied in literally any field and any situation Knowing what your strengths are, but also knowing what your weaknesses are, uh, that's really important. If you like what you hear on the podcast, please share it with a friend, leave a review, and make sure to subscribe so you get the newest episodes immediately. Without further ado, here's my conversation with my friend Ben. Hope you enjoy. Hey, Ben, man, it's good to see you. How are you doing? Doing good, man. How are you? Been a long time. I know, dude. I'm doing good. I got my I got my Kirkland whiskey right here. I'm ready to rock. Woo! I got my bottle of Arrowhead water, a fine vintage. It's probably a smarter move than a glass full. <laughs> I'm trying to do a gallon a day is what I'm shooting for. There you go. There you go. Yeah. I remember in high school, you'd see the guys with like the milk jugs of water in class and stuff. And I'm like, come oh, on, yeah. man. But I get it now. <laughs> right. Yeah, I have a, a great big uh, Yeti one that's a one-gallon Yeti Rambler. Uh, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, it's easily a weapon. I'm amazed that they let me take it on an airplane, but <laughs> but they do. But it's a, it's a full gallon. I, I usually carry that throughout the day. And when it's gone, it's gone. That's how I know I did it. There you go. There you go. I need like a, I wish I had like a, an app for my watch that I could just be like, yep, I drank 16 ounces. Yep. 16 ounces. Like that's all I need. I just just need a little counter thing. I think that they make cups that do that. I'm pretty sure they have smart cups now. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. That's that's too much. I'm just saying, I think it's a thing though. (laughs) I'm not surprised one bit. That's, that's crazy. Maybe I should look into that. I think think that would be good. Yeah, maybe I don't know. They're, I mean, they're selling them, so they must be working. Yeah, I suppose. People yeah. need their people need their technology stuff. <laughs> or you just keep grabbing a bottle when you get thirsty. There you go. You can do that. Too. <laughs> just keep that math in your head. That's that, right. That works That's too. Right. <laughs> well, hey man, it's Friday, so Ooh. end of the week for most people. Uh, what's your day been like today? Walk me walk me through what it's like to own your own barbecue business what what was your friday like friday was uh this friday was a different friday than most um 
not that I was cooking a bunch of food. That's pretty normal. But we, uh, we've been making some big moves as far as the business is concerned. And so uh, yesterday I flew up to Fairbanks and bought a 28-foot concession trailer. Um, so like there was a lot of back and forth. They weren't sure if they're going to go through with it. So I was like, look, I'm just going to come up there. Like I know I can make this deal if I just see these people, right? Because um, I know myself well enough to know that I can talk my way into almost anything. <laughs> and let me tell you, we did it again. <laughs> um, so we, uh, I did that yesterday, and then that led to a discussion between my wife and I going, I don't have anything to tow this vehicle or this trailer with. Like, I, I cannot move this trailer that I now own uh, around. I can't get it from Fairbanks. I can't, I can't move it around to different food truck events. We've got to figure something out. So today, um, in between catering a wedding, I bought a uh, 2018 big Chevy diesel truck uh, that'll tow that thing just fine. And like, <laughs> I haven't even driven that truck, <laughs> but I own it now. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, we're just, uh, we're rolling with the punches, trying to make good moves financially and uh, be smart about things, but set us up for the future so that we can uh, be as successful as possible. So. Today was a weird day, uh, but not because I cooked 40 pounds of pork. That was a pretty normal part of my day. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I can't even fathom 40 pounds. Like, I, I have a Traeger, right? It's a, it's a very small Traeger. It's probably the smallest Traeger on the market. I cook a, what, like a four-pound brisket on that thing, and I'm, like, scared to death that I'm going to screw it up. <laughs> and here you are cooking 44 pounds of meat, man. How do you right. even, like, I can't even comprehend that in my mind. Where do you even start with that? Well, it started with me. Um, I actually found, and I was glad that I was able to find it, find it um, just for, uh, just to have it. it. Like, But I found the picture of my first brisket that I ever did. And it was, I didn't know it, but it was just the flat. So a brisket's made up of two parts. It has the flat and the point. They're different muscles that are separated by a layer of, of fat. And um, the, the flat is a lot less, um, it's a lot more lean than the point is. That's where all the intramuscular fat is, is on the point. And that's the bite that tastes the best, if, 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 you're, if you're asking my opinion. Um, but the flat is what you normally see, like the long strips. That's that comes from the flat. And so I had just cooked a flat for my first time, and I can guarantee you, I had no idea. I thought that I was cooking a whole brisket at that point. <laughs> I just had no idea what I was doing. Um, but that was about seven years ago. I had uh, I bought a, a big green egg with my first smoker, and um, they're a ceramic. Uh, they call them kind of a Kamado style smoker started in Japan, I believe is where they started. And then Big Green Egg bought them and, and brought them over to, to the States and they did really well. Um, but just kind of fell in love with the craft, honestly. Um, I'm a guy that I find interest in a lot of things, but I have to feign interest in a lot of things because I know myself well enough that if I get too interested, I'm just going to go all in. And, and I, <laughs> I have to be careful when I allow that, that, uh, that level of, uh, discipline to I guess that's a good way to put it and but uh smoking is one of those things that I just went all in like I just I was fascinated by it I like watching the numbers uh I like the data that's behind it I, I love you know the end product is amazing um but anymore it's interesting um when I cook for like big groups and stuff like I never I never tried today's pork I have no idea what it tasted like I never took a bite 
and and I see your face right now, but that's par for the course for me. But I'm intentional about like I'm giving little bits and pieces out to the people that are around when I'm like getting it ready, right? And I watch their face and I know how it tastes based off of their reaction. And like I I was just down in Texas a couple of weeks ago and I made a point to ask that question because I was wondering if that was a unique thing. Uh, but I've always been that way. Like since I started doing more volume of food, I, I just I I never eat it. Um, I mean, if there's leftovers, I'll have it like the next day. But day of, I'm I'm not there enjoying the food. But at the same time, I am enjoying it fully, vicariously through everybody else. Like that's how I know if I if I did okay or not. And that's my new my new metric basically. It's not done by taste because I've done it enough times where I know like based off of the numbers and the data that went into the cook. I know everything on my end went well, and now it's just up to the end user, right? Yeah. And, and that's, it's, it's fun. It's, it's a neat place to be, honestly. That's cool, man. So you, okay, so you've done it enough times now. So we're, it's, it's basically prescribed, right? You know, you, your cook rate is this long for X amount of pounds, and mm-hmm. you're going to rub it beforehand. You're going to maybe take care of it before and after. Yep. So, one another thing that I can't wrap my head around is like even when I'm cooking burgers on the grill, it yeah. is my natural like reaction to want to sit there and watch and babysit and open <laughs> open the grill and look at them, make sure that they're right. still there and doing what they need to do. But when you have things on on your scale, how do you how are you able to just like set it and forget it? I mean, I'm sure you have that data on your phone and you know you can check the temp and all that, but is right. there is there something in your mind that is like, hey, make sure that this goes right, make sure right. that you're doing everything you need to do? Oh, totally. Um, yeah, definitely. And I do have some of that data. Like I have a uh a controller that'll monitor six different meat probes at a time right so it'll tell me how potentially either six different points on a single piece of meat or six different meats that are all cooking together uh, i can monitor all of that and watch watch it ramp up and all of that stuff and but there's no i mean like most things there's no substitute for just repetition it's just getting your reps in like i've done it so many times like i bet you no exaggeration like the four pork shoulders I did today that made 40 pounds of pulled pork. I bet you I've done 500 of those, you know, maybe conservatively uh, and a pretty similar number with brisket. And so you just, you're inherently going to pick up that data naturally as you do that, if you're paying any type of attention at all. And like me being just fascinated by it, I've I've always paid attention to it. Um, But on that same token, like, I'll be honest with you, like I didn't sleep last night. Like I was, I was up all night doing exactly what you're talking about still. Like, but I think part of that is just because I love it. Like, and, and I know, and I take really seriously that uh, like this today, this is for a wedding. Like I'm catering somebody's wedding. That's a big deal to me. <laughs> like they yeah. put a lot of trust and faith into me. So a lot of it is just the nerves of like, okay, like I need to be on my A game. This needs to be delivered like exactly like it's supposed to be. And so you do like, I, I wasn't opening the smoker or anything like that, but it just, it kept me up. Like I slept on the couch and, uh, right outside by the grill. Right. And, uh, I was up, I put them on at 11 and I bet I passed out for, uh, maybe six hours. And then just my head snapped off the pillow. I like, oh, go, gotta check them. Like, right. Oh, gotta check them. <laughs> you know, so I just make sure everything's going along, but 
like I knew that I could put them on at a certain temperature and they would be completely fine, you know, by the morning to where I could ramp up the numbers a little bit and then get them delivered hot and fresh by a certain time. You know, one of the things with barbecue is like, there's no substitute for time, right? Like you need a lot of time when you're doing barbecue. Um, and, and you can cheat things for sure, you know, by running hotter temperatures and paying closer attention to it. But like me having those run for 17 hours, which is what they ran for, I had a lot of time for that fat to render out. And it's a lot of time on the smoke to where they're just getting the flavor from that smoke. Like it's all benefit, right? There's no downside to it at all. So I knew starting them early, I'd have plenty of time to open my window to where I could keep that meat hot and fresh and, and ready to serve for a longer time. You can do a lot, you can do that a lot easier than you can try and cook something really quickly and run it up close to the window, right. Of, of delivery. So with barbecue, it's just, it's just kind of a balancing act of, of time management really is what it comes down to. And a lot of that just comes down to, you know, like I said, getting your reps in and knowing what you're smoking on, um, you know, cause every cooker is different. And they're all going to cook different ways. And so you've got to learn what you have and, and how it's going to behave. Because the meat's going to do what the meat's going to do every time. But how you, what you put it on to cook it is, is a totally different deal. And it doesn't always work out. Like Easter didn't work out for me. <laughs> like I made, a, I was catering Easter uh, dinners for people. And kind of the same deal. Like I, I took it really seriously. Like, all right, I can't screw this up. And I'm doing briskets. And brisket's a lot harder to cook. Like pork shoulder is a pretty forgiving thing. Like you can just kind of put it on there and if you season it well and, and uh, just give it time, it's going to be okay. It's it's uh, like, there's not too many people that have had bad pulled pork, right? Like it's just mm-hmm. like, eh, that was okay. Like, but it's not like, that was disgusting. Like no one really says that about pulled pork. Whereas brisket, like you don't have that same luxury, right? And so for uh, brisket on Easter, I was making, I think about 20 of them. Uh, that I'm putting out and it when you're dealing with brisket well when you're dealing with anything like the weight of the meat going in is going to determine how long it needs to go on there right and so I had kind of shot myself in the foot in the foot by opening up my orders at different levels like if you wanted a 20 pound brisket it's this much if you want a 15 or it's this if you want 10 it's this well now I have to stagger my cook time but I only have the one big commercial smoker, which I have to put everything on all at once. Right. So you had to pay attention to it. And so on my smoker, the way that it works is it's got a, it's a, it's a Traeger. It's a big commercial Traeger is what it is. So it's got the the little flame pot at the bottom, but it has three of them. Um, and it puts out, you know, a lot of heat and heats up this huge area that I can do like 60 briskets on at a time. Right. Or a hundred pork shoulders. It's, it's not small. <laughs> wow. No, that's, <laughs> right. uh, that's a big, that's a big guy. Right. But when you're talking like production, like having being, me being able to put out that kind of volume, it's huge. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely a game changer for us running a business. Right. Um, but my thought was, and this was, it was new to me at that point. I hadn't used it. I'd used it for small batch stuff, but I hadn't done a large batch yet where I'm using all the different trays and racks and everything. Because it's kind of set up vertically rather than horizontal. So you're going to stack your meat on top of each other, if that makes sense. So my thought was, well, my heating element is at the bottom. So I need to make sure that my smaller ones are at the top so that they're further away from the heat source and they're going to cook slower. And that'll help me, you know, balance my time schedule, right? So I overcompensated for that fact and uh, didn't think enough about the basic physical property that heat rises. 
Oh, <laughs> so, yep. so what I what I thought was going to be the coolest part of my smoker was actually the hottest by about a hundred degrees. And when you're smoking at two hundred degrees, three hundred degrees is a very different temperature. <laughs> and so I went, you know, like like I did before, I, I put everything on at like midnight, and my delivery time was like four p.m. or no six p.m. the day after. And so I'm giving myself, you know, basically a 16 hour window, which is plenty of time. These briskets by my math should have taken about eight hours, you know, eight to 12 is what I was figuring. Right. And, um, so I went to bed, I set an alarm and I had all my probes in, like I'm, I'm getting data off of this one because I needed to be really careful with it. And I woke up at four and I'm thinking like, four o'clock for me waking up this is like a super conservative i'm just gonna go out there i might spritz them with apple cider vinegar and water maybe if they look like they need it but i really shouldn't be doing anything with them at this point like it's too soon in the cook it's just a conservative like i'm just gonna check and make sure that everything's still going on point right and i went i woke up at four and i checked my phone and like the the temperature for brisket that you want to take it off at is sorry logan this is actually on silent i'm not sure what's going on <laughs> <laughs> hey man business owners got a hustle I, I get it i guess yeah it, it would be nice if it was a client it was, it's my dad <laughs> well he's important too <laughs> this is true but i can call him back um but anyway, so uh, brisket temperature at like the time that you want to pull it off, like where it's completely done, is usually around 200 degrees, 202, 205. Uh, and if, depending on like the level of um, fat in the meat, like whether it's select or choice or prime or wagyu or you know gold or whatever the case may be, that, those are all going to have different temperatures based off of the intramuscular fat content that they come off at. But for what I was doing, prime brisket, it should have been about 205, right? So I woke up at four thinking I'm like, maybe going to just glance at these things, you know, super conservative. I planned on having a super easy day and my top two briskets were at 230 and I went, what? Oh no. <laughs> and so I go out there It's four in the morning. It's Alaska in March. So it's pouring down rain, which is turning to ice. As soon as it hits the ground, I'm outside trying to get stuff sorted out. You can't see anything because it's pitch black, right? Because the sun hasn't shifted to our, our daytime hours yet. Um, where it's daylight all the time. It's still pitch black outside and I'm scrambling to try and figure out what to do. And the only thing you can do really at that point is like, take it off after you cook a brisket like the, the quickest way to ruin a brisket is to cut into it right after you've cooked it you probably know that um but you want time for those juices to like reabsorb back into the meat so i thought like i don't have any other option than to rest this and hope for the best right and i so i pull them off and they were a lot smaller than i put them on and like it felt hard in my hand which is not a good sign and I put it in the pan. I can't see anything. I wrap it up. I throw it in my oven just to rest, right? Uh, oven's not on. It's just there to be an insulator, basically. So I pulled those off. I ended up wrapping the rest of them. And like one of them was for a buddy of mine that I do like trades back and forth from. So like he loves owing me money because he gets meat out of the deal. <laughs> so he'll he'll find things in his shop to just give me so that, that I owe him money and I have to pay him back with meat. <laughs> Like that, that's how I got my snow machine and my welder and like 
he will literally go searching for things when I'm like paid up, basically. Like, well, what else do you need? <laughs> like, I'm good, man. <laughs> but he just loves that. So he makes a great like test subject, right? Like, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll give him something that I'm trying out, a new recipe or whatever. And he, he loves it for that. But um, so like one of them, like I was saying earlier, like I know I can talk my way into most things. I can pretty well talk my way out of most things too. So I knew I had some grace with him based off of like our deal. He wasn't actually paying for it, right? So I'm like, okay, one of these is fine. But one of them was a customer that I had never dealt with before. And they, they like, they found me the day prior and ordered one. And I just, you know, threw it into the mix. And um, it was actually our um, mechanic. So I was uh, scheduling an oil change for my wife who called me right before this. And uh, they had like, he saw my truck, which is all wrapped with my logo on it and everything. And he was like, oh, you do barbecue. Yeah, you do brisket. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. We're doing a bunch tonight. And uh, he said, well, put me down for one. I said, oh, cool. And so one was his. And like, so 8 a.m. rolls around. And now it's, you know, the next day, right? And there's no reason for me to look at briskets once I've wrapped them up. Like once it's wrapped, uh, I'm going to deliver it in that status. Um, because it doesn't make sense for me to slice it myself when I can deliver it to them and they slice it or I'll go and slice on site. That's honestly my favorite way to do it because you get to, you know, put on a little show and pull the knives out and, you know, you're pulling off like the best bits and giving them right off the board. Right. It's super fun. It's my favorite part. Um, but when I'm just delivering them, it doesn't make sense for me to cut into them because it's just going to dry it out. Um, and it's just, it's going to be a better product if I leave it whole. So I always do that. And so in my head, there's no reason to ever look at a brisket once I've wrapped it up. And so I hadn't laid eyes on these briskets at all. Like it was pitch black when I put them in there. The other ones went fine. Like they went all day, like they were supposed to. Um, but I, uh, he called at like 11 that morning and he was like, Hey, just calling and checking in on that brisket. I was like, yeah, it's done. I said, I'm going to tell you though, like things did not go to plan. And, uh, I said, I'm not cashing your check, uh, by any means. I, I, there's no way I'm cashing your check. I said, I'm going to give you this in the hopes that it's good. I honestly haven't seen it. Um, but I don't know what I pulled out of my smoker. Uh, I, I can't guarantee the quality and I'm not going to charge you because of that. And he was like, well, I hope it's good. I said, yeah, I do too. Uh, but I don't know. The cook did not go to plan, right? And so I uh, I dropped it off to him and, and I went home and I said, well, I'm not giving Jeremy his. So maybe I'll look at that one. That'll give me some indication as to what the other one looked like that I just delivered, right? And I opened up the foil and I was like, oh no, did I just hand this guy this thing? I mean, it's just a brick. I put him in there at 10 pounds and it weighed four. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's no moisture in it. There's no, I mean, it is a rock. It looks like an asteroid. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I delivered this brisket. Like, I can't believe I just handed this to somebody, right? And uh, so I texted him right after uh, I opened that. I was like, hey man, just so you know, like I already established, like I'm not casting your check, but I just opened up another one. And I really hope that it doesn't look like this one because if it looks anything like this, I, I, I have nothing to do but apologize. I'm so sorry. Like, that's not the level of quality I intend to put out. I'm still getting used to my smoker, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, yeah, um, do you want this one back? And <laughs> I, I said, no, no, I don't need it back. I said, do whatever you need with it. Uh, I will make you another one and, and repent and apologize and I'll make this right. I said, but you're not paying for this one. Said, well, okay. Yeah. So anyway, I, uh, I dropped off uh, a big 
platter of briskets that I had just nailed. Like I spent the day, I'm like, all right, this is my redemption day, right? Like, this is what I'm doing today. <laughs> and so I made a brisket the way that I know that I can and, and delivered that to him. And my wife called me right before just to tell me that she had uh, canceled her oil change for the car that we used to own that I had scheduled and because we got the new car today and talked to the guy, he's like, I meant to call you guys. That brisket consider Ben totally redeemed. That was amazing. I was like, sweet. I love it. <laughs> That's what it's oh, all man. about, right? Like seeing, oh, man. Like, giving the joy of food to other people mm-hmm. and, and knowing that you had the hand in that to, to provide them. Yeah. That. Well, honestly, like that's what got me started in it. It was um, like, I, I love to cook, but more than that, like, it's like you said, it's it's seeing the look on somebody's face after like, wow, they're enjoying. I just spent you know twenty hours at some points making that, and they love it. I love that. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I never tire of it. So I gotta I gotta ask you though. You said that you've been doing this. You've been working with meat for about seven ish years or so when you first got into mm-hmm. it. How did it go from hey, this is something that I like to do for my family and for my friends on the side to full on, hey, this is my full time gig. This is I'm hustling. I'm doing all this. How did that transition take place? Right. Um well, you know, well when you and I I think last saw each other, I was doing sales for an HVAC company. Yep. And was doing really, really well with that, honestly. You know, it was it was a commission job. I was making six figures a year. It was great, super stable. I really enjoyed it. Um, but on the side, you know, we're hosting uh, basically like a UFC fight night every weekend at our house, just a big party, have people over and, and cook. And it sort of was birthed out of that. Like we'd have people over and I'd make a brisket. And at that point I had one smoker, right? And then they would tell their friends about the brisket that they had and then pretty soon I had, you know, not five people, but 10 people at my house. And then I needed another smoker. And so by the end of it, when I outgrew the backyard, I was up to 11 smokers. <laughs> so like we just kept growing and growing. And pretty soon we had like 80 people at the house every weekend. And we're just, I'm having a ball, right? Like making all this food. I'm staying up till all hours because I got to make it all right. And I'm just, you know, we're eating it up. I'm having so much fun. And it was really at the behest of those people like, hey man, like you should really quit what you're doing and do this full time. And I'm going, I have, like, I'm doing great. Like financially, like this is a great job. Like it doesn't make sense to leave it. But at the same time, I was gone a lot, you know? And for me, like if you asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, when I was a kid, I had the same answer uh, that I still have today. And it was, I wanted to be a dad. Like I didn't want to do anything else. Every, everything career wise um, was always kind of secondary to me. Like I'm, I'm, I'm the kind of person that I've been able to find joy just in my own nature, like in my life. Like I'm doing the thing that gives me life in raising my family, right? That's what, that's what fuels me every day. So everything else is gravy, right? Like, oh, I go do that for eight hours and, you know, enjoy that too. Sweet. You know, that's fine. I, I've done so many different things. Like, and, and you know that a little bit about me. Like I've been a children's pastor. I've worked at FedEx. I've, I've done, I was a river guide. I've worked in special needs classrooms. I mean, I have, my resume is ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. Um, but I've just always been able to find something that I found interesting and I can learn something from. 
And like, that's, I want to go to a job that I can get something from. Like, I look at it like that. Like, what can you teach me to do at this place? Like that, and I know what I bring to the table. And so it's, it's, it's I'm, most time in interviews, I find a way to flip it around and basically interview the, the person hiring. And like, no, no, I, I want to know about you. Like, like <laughs> tell me why I should work here. <laughs> you have to know that too. I mean, a job interview is just as much them feeling you out as you feeling them out, right? Like you, you need to know if you want to take that job or if it's just, right. Just not a good fit. Totally. Yeah. So like for me, like, like I was saying, like my joy comes from raising my family. So like I'm set, like if, if we're looking at joy as a container, mine's always full. So whatever else I'm doing, I'm having fun. Right. Um, and so I just operate from that place all of the time. I don't have very many bad days because of that. Like I'm doing what I love because I'm raising my kid. But in working that job, it was, you know, it was good money, but I was gone a lot. I was working a lot of hours. And so like that tank getting a little bit lower, right? That container is a little bit less full. And so that wore on us. And so we talked about it, my wife and I, and she, uh, she said, well, what do you think about making a go of it? And it was honestly like kind of her pushing me to do it to some extent we talked about it and ultimately decided it was the right move and um just said well let's let's quit this job and see what this looks like right and so i spent um about a year just trying to like establish the brand because i knew that come this summer we'd be ready to go full tilt like the timing wasn't right for me before but i wanted to do what i call is front loading I wanted to make a big push on the front end of this so that when we went, it wasn't a surprise. People knew about us. Uh, we were already established in like the scene. And I didn't really know what that would produce, but it's produced a lot more than I thought it would. <laughs> I mean, I've had opportunities afforded to me that people don't get in their entire lives already in the stage that I'm at at this point. Um, like one of the things that barbecue people do uh, that I think is really, really neat is they'll have like kind of a hall of fame where like they have their, their photo up with, uh, with somebody else who's kind of an icon in that world. Right. And I'm looking at myself and like the pictures that I'll be able to put up in the food truck that I have, you know, coming this weekend. And I'm like, gosh, people spend their whole lives collecting those photos. And I've got so many of them now, so many stories already just from what we've done so far. Um, like I went down to Texas a couple weeks ago and, um, basically just got to hang out and hobnob with barbecue royalty down there for you know, about three weeks and just kind of eat my way through Texas. And it was, you know, Alaska is a unique spot. And you know, that being down where you are that you just mentioned Alaska, you've got somebody's attention. Like yep. they want to know, they want to know what you have to say right after that. And they want mm -hmm. stories and all that. And I'm a guy that like loves to tell stories and things like that. I love talking to people and especially about the place that I love. Like I grew up here. There's nothing I'd rather talk about than Alaska. Maybe my kids, but <laughs> they're in Alaska. So it works. Um, so, you know, I'm just down there hamming it up with these people and, you know, I'm, and it, I, people that I literally have no business meeting, like, but the contacts in my phone now are like, how, how do I have, this phone number and, and that guy's phone number and like they want to talk to me and they want to come visit it's like what in the world but it was uh it was really neat because I got to hear a lot of their stories and it was kind of crazy how similar everybody's stories were to mine and so I, I'm listening to one guy's it was from the Zavala's barbecue amazing spot down there and um I'm listening to his story and he's like yeah you know we started off and we just 
I, I just kind of fell in love with making brisket and and really enjoyed it and wanted to make it perfect every time and figure out how to make it same every time. And we did that. I figured it out. And then, you know, I started selling them and I would drive all over the place delivering briskets to people. And I'm like, I'm doing that right now. And then he's like, and then we got a food truck and now we have four restaurants. And it's like, wait, what? Like, am I just at an earlier part of, you know, this, the story that is pretty common in barbecue that, so it's, it, it was pretty fun. It was a really, uh, really reaffirming uh, trip for me to let me know that like what we're doing is cool uh it's got people's attention like and and, I, and it's weird to say and I'm not tooting my own horn but it's like not even nationwide but worldwide like i have people with my hats in ireland <laughs> and Ooh, england and, that's cool. and like and they're following along like they want to know what we're doing it's like what in the world is that like how did this happen <laughs> but it's amazing like there's people that care right yeah and when you have good content i mean i feel like watching your videos, you're actually giving value and giving some tips and tricks for people like me who don't know anything about barbecue. Um, you know, that I can kind of up my game just around the house. Right. So that, I think that's a big thing too, is you're able to like, Hey, here's some things that you should look out for. You decided to take the leap, right? So now yeah, you're going full tilt, right? Yep. But doing it as a hobby and doing it as a business are probably two completely different things because now not only are you in charge of making the meat, which you're a pro at, but now right. you're an entrepreneur, you're running your own business. You have to think about how much do I charge? What is, what do right. I charge for my time? How do I handle expenses? You know, those yep. types of things, how did that come to you? Or have you always kind of been um, an entrepreneur kind of at heart anyway? And it just came naturally. How did that all take place? I would say, and it's, it's, it's interesting, right? Because to me, I'm just doing what comes natural, right? I, I'm, I'm working at a place that I don't know what else I would do. Like even at that moment at, at four in the morning when I'm out wrapping briskets and it's like sleet coming down, I had like a third person perspective at one moment there that I was like, huh, people don't do this very often. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I'm going, but this is all I want to do. Like, this is all I know to do. Like this right here, this is life. Like, this is what I'm meant to do. I'm, I'm fully in it. Right. Um, and so for me, like the, the entrepreneur side, um, I feel like I've always had that in me. Um, but I will tell you straight up, like, I am not an organized person. Like the best thing somebody could do for me, like when I was in sales, right? The best thing they did for me was they got me an assistant <laughs> because like I could do the sales part for sure all day long. And I'd close deals, right? Like we just make it happen. Like my numbers were, uh, I sold more in my first year than anybody has ever sold in that company. And which, and I, and I don't say this to like toot my own horn or anything like that, but like that was my natural skill set, right? That's where my lane was. But like you, you tell me to turn in all that paperwork at the end of the day. I'm like, oh no, no, that's not going to happen. Like I did my job. Like I did what I'm good at. I need to pass this on to someone else who's good at this stuff. And so fortunately I've married somebody who's just amazing at, at all the organizational things. So she and I work really, really well together because like I'm, I'm the guy that I don't mind staying up all night at all. Like it's not going to affect my mood. She might argue that. Um, but like, I'm, I'm good. That's my element, right? That's where I'm meant to be. I, I can, I can do that part for sure. 
Um, but honestly, it, it wouldn't be successful without the partnership that I have with my wife. Um, she really does bring all of those other things to the table for me. And, and she makes some dang good food. I mean, let me tell you. Um, but, you know, her doing what she's done for so long, she's like, I've done a million different things. She's done one thing. She's done it very, very well. And she's managed it very well for a really long time where she's built, you know, what she has today. And she runs a, a hair studio and we've done a lot of different things where we rent booths to people. And now we've just kind of weaned it down to where she just rents her own spot and it's just her and there's no drama because there's not a bunch of people in there. <laughs> and uh, do it. That's yeah. It's a, she loves it. I mean, it's great. It's all set up for exactly the way that she wants it. She doesn't have to answer to anybody but herself. And so it just works, but she's so organizational because she's had all that time and her mind just works that way to know how to run things and make the numbers all match and all that stuff. Because honestly, I'm a guy that could care less about the numbers. Like if I just handed brisket out all day to people, I'd be happy. (laughs) (laughs) Stay on the barter system forever. It sounds like you got a barter system set up already. That's That's right. Yeah. Yeah, we're running the honor system today, guys. My wife's gone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're heading, we're heading over. Get the meeting. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but no, she really handles all of that stuff. I mean, and I do all the purchasing and stuff like that um, because I, I know, like, the point of cooking a brisket, for instance, starts when you buy a brisket. Like, picking out the right one is where you really start cooking that brisket, in my mind, anyway. Um there's a lot that goes into just knowing what to look for. And that just takes, you know, time and experience and having done hundreds of them. Right. Um, and I'll say like, I should have said this at the start, but like, I don't, I, I hope I don't come across as somebody who's just tooting their own horn, but I am a guy who's just a student of myself. Like I've, I've spent a lot of time learning who I am and how I operate well. And so there, there are things that I've just learned about who I am. And I think that that's an important part of life that people don't spend enough time on is just be a student of yourself how do you operate what are your skill sets and then find a way to operate from those places and I feel like I've been studious with that enough to where I can talk from a place like I always feel like it comes across as arrogant but I just I know myself well enough to know like no this is who I am and this is what I'm good at I'm not just saying it to say that I'm good at it like that's the only thing I'm good at. I looked at all the other things. <laughs> that's the one. That's the one I can tell you about. <laughs> yeah, man, that self awareness is so crucial. You know, whether you're doing your own thing like you are, you know, knowing what you're good at, like, hey, I'm good at smoking the meat, and I'm good at building those relationships. Totally. I'm not, I'm yeah. not good at doing my tax paperwork, but I know no. somebody who is. Like that yeah. is just so important, and like for sure, no matter what business you're in, no matter what role you're in you have to have that self-awareness. Like I know that I'm pretty good at writing things. I can write words. I can write copy for whatever you want me to. Um, There are some other things that I can't do. Like I am not a graphic designer. If you ask me to design something, I'm going to say, yep, talk to this other person because I'm not going to be good at that. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's that balance, right? It's, it's, it's having that balance in your life and and being that self-aware yeah, and there's no there's no shame in not being the best at somebody at something because you can find somebody who is and you're a lot better for it. Like graphics designer, case in point, like when I had my truck designed, uh, they they wrapped it and it's all wrapped with my logo and stuff. I gave it to them and said, "This is what my logo looks like. This is what the colors are. Um, go." And they sent me a proof back. I was like, "Yeah, I never would have thought of that. That's amazing. Yeah, put that on there." <laughs> yeah, you trusted them. 
right? You had totally. complete faith in them because they were the experts in their field, right? It's like, yeah. if I pay you to cook me meat, I'm not going to sit right. there and say, hey, Ben, did you think about that? Oh, well, did you do it this way? Well, what if you tried sure. this? Like, I'm I'm going to stay as far away from you as I can because <laughs> if I get near that thing, it's going to get all messed up. But if, <laughs> if I have my faith in you, I know that you're going to produce a great product unless it's yeah. Easter. But lesson learned. Um, <laughs> that's the other thing too, is that you're learning these lessons as you go. So next yeah. time, oh, yeah. you know, you know how to stagger your orders a little bit better next year, right. you know, how to, you know, yep. dealing with the elements in Alaska that can always be kind of the wild card that you can't totally. necessarily plan on. Um, yep. It's just, it's just those knowledge bits that, that just keep yeah. building up and make you better every time. Yeah. There's no bad data, right? It, it's all information that you can use to make yourself better. I mean, that's the way that I really feel about it. Like, sure, I ruined those two briskets. Like, they went in the trash, and, and that's a bummer. But I learned a lot about how my smoker operates uh, that I didn't know before that. And now I can take that the next time, and I can, you know, I can use that to my advantage. And that was one thing that we figured out. Because uh, having one big commercial smoker presents its own challenges. Like, I can only produce one thing at a time, technically. But after that day, figuring out that I'm running 100 degrees hotter on the top rack, well, now I can think about maybe I put chicken up there. You know, cook, chicken needs a hotter temperature to cook anyhow. Maybe I can, you know, diversify. So that, you know, bad experience, quote unquote, turned into good data that I can use to just shift my, uh, the way we do things, right? And maybe turn out something completely different than we hadn't anticipated or would, thought we would be able to do. So there's no bad data as far as I'm concerned. It's all good information. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I feel like that that's true in a lot of businesses too. You know, mm -hmm. um, you make a mistake. Hey, yeah, a mistake was made, but look, we're going to learn from it. So it doesn't happen again. Right. right. That's, that's yeah. the whole point. Like even in our lives, you know, we, sometimes we make wrong decisions and they don't turn out the way we want them to. Totally. You can learn from it. So you don't do that yeah. again. Right. And right. Um, it's that whole fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, like shame <laughs> on me type thing. Right. Yeah. No, it totally, totally makes sense. Like we, we have our kids in, um, martial arts, um, almost seven days a week. Uh, they do, they do, uh, Brazilian jujitsu three days a week and wrestling three days a week. And then my daughter, Gracie has started picking up a uh, Muay Thai, uh, Thai boxing. Um, which is amazing. I mean, she's, she's a killer, straight up killer. My son is the polar opposite from her. It's, it's, it's hilarious to watch their, their, their dynamic. Um, but like I tell them, like in competition and stuff, like I'm not going to be disappointed. The only way that I, that you lose today, and this is what I tell them is if you don't learn anything, like if you come back and you haven't learned anything, then I would consider that a loss. So like you win or you learn. And that's, that's a real thing. Like figure out what they did that they got you with or whatever the case may be. Figure out how they did it. Ask questions. Even ask them. Like I told my daughter, she got tapped out in one of the final rounds for last tournament. And I said, you find the, the boy that did that. And I would ask him if, if you're willing to do it. And I didn't make her. But I said, if you're willing to do it, I said, I bet he would show you how he did that. And he did. And it turned into a cool experience, right? Because not, there's nothing malicious about it, right? He won. That was cool. And, uh, and then he showed her how he did it. And she learned something <laughs> good on the kid for, um, taking the time to show her that move. Yeah. Ooh, that's, that's really neat. Not a lot of kids, I guess I don't know, well, but I would assume not a lot of kids would be open to doing that. Well, that's part of the benefit of being eight. I think there's not a lot of pride at eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
no, it's super cool. Like that world is a totally, I never did any of that growing up. I don't know. Did you? I did karate when I was really young, maybe for yeah. second grade, but that was it. Didn't, yeah. didn't take it much further. Yeah. It's been a fun world to, to be involved in. Um, it's given me a lot of perspective that I didn't have before. Like I never anticipated that I would be a sports parent. (laughs) That was was pretty far from my mind going into parenting, but like we're flying all over the place to go to tournaments and stuff like that and keep the kids active. Like when I left my job, we had already homeschooled the kids, but it, uh, we shifted roles and uh, I became the homeschool guy. Right. So I started doing more of that and was able to be home full time. And, you know, both Amanda and I having being self-employed allows us to be really, really flexible with them because I don't know if you've ever asked for advice from parents, but they all tell you the same thing. You know, every parent will tell you the same thing is that, Hey man, it goes quick. Just pay attention. You know, it goes fast. Enjoy it while it lasts. There's some variation of that. Um, and so we really took that to heart and just basically tailored our lives around the kids so that we can pay attention and we can be there. You know, I get them for 18 years if we're lucky and, and then they're sent out into the world and man, I'm in this to make the best humans possible. (laughs) Like I want to be students of them and, and figure out how to make these kids like awesome. Like how do we make these two things awesome? Let's figure that out. And so we got time and we're doing it. That's cool, man. It sounds like you guys are on the right track and, and doing the right things and teaching them the right lessons. So we're fun. having fun, man, for sure. And I mean, they teach us a ton too. Like, I mean, there's no, there's no getting around that. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I think there's a lot that today's day and age, and I don't mean to sound like an old person, but like the world that we're in right now, like the social media thing and everything, it's very like self-focused. And and there is some good that comes out of that in just adding to people's self-awareness. You should pay attention to your own happiness and things like that. But at the same time, I don't think some things are designed to make you happy. Like, I, I don't think my marriage is designed. The goal of my marriage is not to be happy. Like, the goal of my marriage is to become the best version of myself. And I can't do that by myself. You need somebody there with you all the time so that they can, you know, pour into you and and bounce things off of you and then, you know, it's I, I, it's kind of like shaping a stone, right? You know, you just chip away at stuff that's not supposed to be there and, and you get to hopefully something that looks cool by the end, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but it's, uh, I feel the same way about parenting. Like it's not about my happiness at the end of the day. Like I have a different goal in mind. Like this is, if I'm not happy at the end of the day, that doesn't really matter if that makes sense. Like, have I done the things that I need to do to make these two humans that have no, nothing else to do, but to trust me with their lives. Like they don't have any other option. Have I made them the best version of themselves today? And are we doing that every day? You know, and we don't always do that every day, right? I'm not perfect, but we're trying for sure. But it's, it's not all about, I feel like we get lost in what, what does this afford me? And uh, I, I feel like I look at my kids and I don't really think about that all that often. <laughs> that's good though. That's good. Thinking about them, having them as the focus, man, that's, that's good. And like you were saying at the very beginning of this, like you do a pretty good job of making your own joy anyway. So it's just a matter of refocusing your joy instead of on Ben. It's now on how did I serve my kids today? How did I make totally. my kids better today? Um, yeah. That's a great way to look at it, man. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. For sure. Yeah, they uh they teach us stuff all the time. 
all the time. Lessons I didn't even want to learn. <laughs> Those are sometimes the best lessons though, right? Like sometimes the ones that you didn't know you were going to learn turn out to be lessons. It makes you better. And, uh, and at the end of the day, I love that, right? Like I, I always want to be improving. I don't want to be stagnant. Like that's the thing that scares me the most, right? If I had to put one thing, like I, I do not want to be a person that's stagnant. And I think the last couple of weeks, I don't think anybody could accuse me of that. <laughs> yeah, man, you've, had, you've had a busy stretch. <laughs> yeah. I know we're kind of running short on time, but I have one last, one last kind of question yeah. for you. So with this food trailer that you just bought over uh, yeah. today, um, what's the goal? Is the goal to run the trailer for a little while and eventually open up a brick and mortar? Or uh, are you just kind of content with, with running the, the truck for a while? What's, what's kind of your pattern there? Yeah. Um, what the truck and trailer afford me is the opportunity to be out in front of people. And ultimately, like I know that's where I'm going to be the most successful, right? is when I can interact with people. So uh, tagging on to that, one of the things, one of the things that I'd love to do, like um, we're also in the process of building our own house. <laughs> so as if we didn't have enough going on, but uh, we sold our place um, because the market is insane right now. We were able to make some money on it, which was crazy in and of itself because we basically flipped a brand new house, which you just don't do. Um, but that's where the market was at, right? And we had an opportunity to step into a place that we could live for free uh, and then buy some acreage. So we're living, uh, uh, I guess, below our means is a good way to describe it. <laughs> Ultimate size. Uh, yeah, like we're in a 400 square foot studio uh, right now with uh, all four of us and four English bulldogs. Um, so um, I don't have as many grills as I used to. A lot of them are in storage because I didn't have space for them. Um, but I've still got the ones that I need to keep the business running, right? Um, but one of the goals that I have for that house is I want to put in a big outdoor kitchen, um, outside cooking space, basically. And I'm pretty substantial size one too, because one of the things that I've really enjoyed is learning uh, just all these different cookers and how they interact. And so I've got all different styles and I hope to get even more because, uh, you know, we talked a little bit before this about the term pit master, right? And I think part of that, part of the term pit master is, you can't really call yourself that unless you know, like you can walk up to something that has fire in it and know how to operate it and make the best product that you know how to make on it. Right. And so that just comes from experience. And that's part of the journey that I really enjoy, like figuring out like, Oh, okay. With this cooker, I do this. With this cooker, I need to do this. And I, on this style cooker, it runs like this. And so I'll adjust this to get this and things like that. Um, so having a wide variety of things to cook and practice on for me just sounds like a ton of fun anyway. But just thinking the way that my mind works, like there's a business opportunity there to where like, hey, I don't need all 11 cookers to myself all the time. I could host people over at the house and show them how to make a steak, you know, and like you take the big green egg, you take the Blackstone, you take the Traeger, you know, you take the Santa Maria, you take the Offset, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, and, and knowing how to communicate that information to all those different people. And, and, you know, maybe it's not that exact thing, but ultimately what I'd love to get to is, you know, having... You know, like you and I and Will and a, a bunch of us friends get together and I teach you guys what I know about brisket. You know, we spend the day eating good food and you know, drinking some beers and, and me just pouring out the knowledge that I've been able to take in and been fortunate enough to take in. Um, and I think that there's a, a market for that. I, I mean, I know that there is because I've been to those classes and they're a ton of fun. 
they're 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 amazing and i know up here i have a lot of people that are like beating my door down to come to that like when we get that rolling so i've always made that as my like end goal like a brick and mortar for me doesn't sound as enjoyable because it takes me further away from the people right good point um and so if i can be out in front i know that like that's my skill set that's my lane and that's where i'm going to be able and part of it too is like going back to like knowing yourself like when i was successful in sales i was successful because i was communicating naturally what i was passionate about and when you're doing that it communicates to the person there's a there's a level of honesty like you can just see it's per, it's perceivable when somebody is operating out of a place of like oh no this guy's just like he's flowing right like that's just he's excited about this and now i'm excited about that right like i want to buy that hvac unit <laughs> And, uh, um, but, and so there's, there's, there's a reality to that, that like, I know that that's an easy thing for me to monetize because this is what I'm passionate about. And I know that from my past experiences about when I'm communicating from a place of passion, that's ultimately where I'm successful fiscally, essentially. Um, and so it's, there's, there's no downside to it for me because I'm acting out of a place of honesty that pays the bills, right? And, and people are super satisfied with it at the end of the day. <laughs> so it's like, why would I not do that? Why would I do anything but that? And you're, you're sharing your knowledge with somebody else and helping them shoot. Maybe they're thinking about starting up their own business and they yeah. come to one of your classes and totally. then they start taking off and it's just that circle. Yep. And I honestly believe that that's, that's kind of how it happens, right? Uh, I mean, I, I know for me, it was, it was watching people get excited about it and, and like, wow, that's really like, this guy's as fired up as I am. That's really cool. Maybe maybe I could do that. And then you see somebody that's a little bit further down the line and they're like, you know, in the same boat, just further down the lane than you are. And you get to see like, you get to perceive what you might be in later on down the line as you continue down the path. Um, but seeing all those people down in Texas, down there uh, this, this past month, it was like, they have the same level of joy that I have for it. And they're still doing it. And that's so encouraging, you know, because I mean, you, how many dead end jobs have you seen for people and you can just see it in their face. Like there's nothing there. Uh, and like, I just, I don't want to live like that. I just refuse. <laughs> I get it. Like, uh, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about how a job, a job is a job, but you can find joy pretty much anywhere. But if that yeah. job is having the opposite effect and actually draining your joy, yeah, you know, you're still doing everything you can to be joyful, but it, right. you know, sometimes it's just a huge uphill battle. Yeah. And, and you just, in, in my experience and in my life, the only way around that has been to just separate myself from that. You know, I, I just have to, because I, I'm not willing to trade my joy. Like, I, I want my kids to come home or well, they are home, they homeschool, but like, I want them to see me joyful as much as possible. Right. Yeah. And operating from that place of passion, because if I can, like, it's the same for them as it is for somebody on the outside, right? Like not looking at them as a customer, but if they see me operating from a place of joy all the time and passion and communicating that honestly and being able to maintain a good living and like they can do anything. Right. I mean, if they can find that, they can do anything. I mean, I've always, I've had so many different jobs, Logan. Like, I've done everything and I've always been happy and I've always been successful. Uh, but what they're seeing is just, it's, it's, it's joy manifested in a way that just, it, it's, 
just natural. You're operating from a place that just comes natural to you. And so just find that whatever it is. I think if you if a person operates from that place, they will be successful. You might have to put it in front of the right audience. And, you know, we're in a unique spot technologically where that's a lot more possible now. Um, but, I mean, shoot, if, you know, collecting Pokemon cards is your thing and you're passionate about it, there's a lane for that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. If you can find something that you're passionate about, make a living at, you're not going to, you're not going to probably get rich and, and do all this, but at least you'll make a, right. a good living and be able to provide for yeah. your family and have a good time doing it, man. That's, that's all you totally. can ask for really. Yeah. What more do you want? I think you're just being selfish after that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. Well, Hey man, thanks for coming on tonight. I know you have a lot going on, uh, busy, busy life building the business and all that, but, uh, thanks for taking some time with me tonight. We've covered a ton of ground. Um, before I let you go, is there anything else that you think, uh, we should, uh, touch on tonight before we sign off? Um, trying to think, I mean, we covered a lot of ground, like you said. Um, only thing I can think is today they put out a map, uh, and I think it was today, but they put out a map where they rated the best and the worst barbecue in the nation. And Alaska made the list. We are the number one worst barbecue in the nation. And my dad sent it to me this morning and he called me about it. That was probably why he was calling me earlier um, was to chat more about it. But I, he, I didn't respond because I was busy, but he said, what did you think of that? But honestly, it fired me up. Like I was excited when I saw that, like, sweet, we're on the list. <laughs> like, hey people are can, paying attention that's what my thought was like okay yeah you, you pay attention to the last guy on the list but if that guy moves that's good right yeah and so it, it honestly kind of fired me up i was like huh okay challenge accepted i like it. i like that mindset. <laughs> and the only place only way to go is up right like yeah, we can't get any worse <laughs> yeah that's awesome it's good motivation take it take it where you can right like that's it that's it that's cool um, yeah man Hey, where can people find you? Uh, social media, uh, it's at expedition underscore barbecue. That's BBQ for barbecue, um, which legally is the same. I figured out when I had to do all the legal stuff. Uh, they don't care. It's, it's the trans, they transfer back and forth. Um, but yeah, expedition barbecue is the name of the business. Um, follow along on social media. Instagram is where I spend most of my time um, just because it's easy for me to dump content on there. And I just prefer the format to be totally honest. Um, there's a lot of talking on Facebook and a lot of it is a lot of it's really negative and I don't have a ton of time for that. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm with so, you. I'm with you. Yeah. So I spend most of my time on Instagram, do a lot of, uh, Instagram lives and things like that. Hang out with cool people and, uh, chat about barbecue and things like that. And just life, honestly. Um, my content I've kind of tailored towards my own life. I'm not trying to fit like a mold, if that makes sense. Like even in my saved stories on Instagram, I have a, a thing that I put down at the very beginning of like how I intend to use this platform so that there can be no, no question about what I intend to do with it. Like I'm not going to spout off on things that I don't believe in. If I try to sell you something, it's just because I really believe in that product and I can't help but tell you about it because I'm excited about it. Yeah. I mean, that's really, that's, that's how it goes for me. I and mean, it's, it's, it's what's worked for me always. And I can't operate from any other place than that. So 
yeah, but that's the best place to follow me along. But uh, I think I'm on all of the platforms, even Clubhouse now, which is a new thing for me. Uh, I didn't know. Yeah, somebody invited me. I, you have to be invited to that one. So I made the cut. That's real for you. I know. Yeah, we're making big moves over here, Logan. <laughs> I like it, man. I like it. Oh, man. Yeah, thanks a ton. I sure appreciate it, man. This was fun just catching up with you, buddy. Yeah, it was. Yeah, we need to do this more often. I know I know we keep saying it and we've all got a lot of stuff going on and it's tough. But hey man, for doing something like this, I'll I'll take it every day. Absolutely, man. And even if we say it in a year, it'll still be true. That's the nice thing about that statement. Like we should do this more often. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> We're not lying. No. That's that's a good uh, point. Man, I, I've talked about this before on the podcast, but like you know you have good relationships when you can just pick up right up. Yes you know, where you left off every single yeah. time. And I, yeah, I can't, yeah, I can't agree with that statement more. I have, there's only a few people in my life too, that I'm like, I haven't talked to Logan in two years. I'm going to call him. And then we just right back in it. Right. And I love that. Um, yeah. To me, that is super valuable. Just, in my mind, that's just people that just care. Right. Uh, they just care. They don't care where or when they just care. I love that. And I love that you cared enough to pick up today and we got to do this. I love it, man. Thank you so much. Hey, my pleasure, my friend. Uh, this has been a blast. Thanks for sharing your story with me and our listeners. And uh, I'm sure we'll do it again soon. Absolutely, my friend. Anytime. <laughs>